0: Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Franker, and I'm joined today by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell.
1: Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. All right, let's mix it up. Woo! All right. We are going to mix it up. We are, yeah. Let's
0: mix it up. We did mix it up. Let's give a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Give the podcast. (laughs) Yes. It's time to give the podcast. All right, folks. Settle in,
1: folks. (laughs) (laughs) We're back.
0: This is part two of our newest Small Business Small Batch series. We've got a new small batch for you. We've got a new small business topic. Well, this is part two we did starting a small business last time around. Today, we're going to talk about running a small business. Let's talk about what we're drinking. But before we do, I guess, I, I should go back because after listening to a little bit of the episode from last week, I realized we talked about Elijah Craig small batch and barely talked about Elijah Craig small batch.
1: I right, realized right. that we were more, <laughs> we were focused on the drinking
0: part. <laughs> well, I I'm so used to that bourbon. I'm very familiar with it. I feel like I could point that one out in a lineup. You know, like when you do blinds, and I, I feel like that's kind of that's the one that I can I can always pull out of a lineup. But I realize not everybody's as familiar, so sure. it's great. We'll go back and say that it's great. It's affordable. We confirmed that last time. Makes a heck of an old <laughs> fashioned. But as far as you know, aromas and tastes and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, I guess we didn't really pull that out of there. So. According to their website. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. It's delightfully complex. Vanilla bean, sweet fruit, and fresh mint.
1: Did you get any of that? I definitely get the vanilla flavor for sure. Yeah, um, fresh mint is a little bit. That's a new one for me.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I get that with their rye, but that, this is not a rye episode. Um, <laughs> the taste, so that was the aroma. The taste, smooth and warm. Pleasantly woody with accents of spice, smoke, and nutmeg. I, I'm on board oh, with yeah, that. yeah, nutmeg. And long finish, sweet, and slightly toasty.
1: Yeah, and the finish on that is—it's long and it—it's—it's it, really—it it gets it's, in your jowls, I yeah, suppose. It's it makes good. your uh, like
0: Fred Minnick, who's a professional bourbon taster. My goodness, what a job! Um, <laughs> you know, he talks about a good bourbon and how it makes your whole mouth feel. Yeah, uh, you know, you get that—that that, uh, not sting, but you get that. It's kind of like down in your gums. Yeah, yeah. It—it <laughs> it gives you all the feels, all the bourbon yeah, feels. So. Right. I realize we didn't give Elijah Craig enough love. Really, we we shorted it. Not (laughs) enough due time because it's good. This one will be a little easier to talk about today because you and I have both never had this. Right. So uh, what we're drinking today, Jason, is Michter's small batch. So many consonants in there, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Michter's, I'm not sure what's the uh, The origin of that. I
1: have no idea.
0: So, Michter's US-1, it's a small batch. I'm going to read the back of the bottle here. We are proud to offer you our small batch bourbon in the Michter's tradition hailing from one of America's first whiskey distilleries. Oh, so it's oh, been around. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Don't they all say that? Uh, kind of. This bourbon is made from highest quality American corn. Well, that's good to know. And matured to the peak of perfection in hand-selected charred white oak barrels. It is then further mellowed by our signature, Filtration. Interesting. Yeah. Mictors I'm used to uh their rye that's yeah, uh if super common Yeah if you've if you tried tried Mictors it's probably been their rye but yeah, first time I've seen the, well, I've
1: seen it a few times. I but mean, it says like 1753, like when did Kentucky become a state? Do we know
0: this? Like 17, well, 1792 is
1: named after Kentucky yeah, statehood, so like, Oh, Yeah, so they must have been doing this like in the backwoods. That, <laughs> yes, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, there's been bourbon in Kentucky way before Kentucky well, was a state. You know what? Early
0: on in the podcast, we would mix up cocktails and talk about controversy. And yeah. if they're claiming earlier than 1789, that's mm. when Elijah Craig says that they invented bourbon folks Ooh. so
1: uh oh let's we're gonna have a holy war
0: here <laughs> <laughs> why don't we uh Sounds let good. these two punch each other out here
1: all right here we go hmm. that's super smooth yeah we didn't pre-game this
0: at all we we no. just this is our first drink that's the first i've ever had it it's the first you've ever had it there are I, some similarities there with elijah craig yeah
1: there's a lot of vanilla yeah it's excellent that's, there's, re- that's there's really there's good.
0: A, a good sweetness to it the vanilla yeah yeah, yeah
1: so if you like it's, a sweeter bourbon yeah this is definitely now we're not talking like this isn't lemonade folks but no it's and good
0: it's, you know i was going to say uh wow. one thing that this has that uh the elijah craig doesn't necessarily i feel like this tastes like it's a little proofier a little a little hotter but in a good way it's warm and smooth it's really smooth i mean it's um, still finishing for me so like yeah
1: it's, that's awesome
0: and uh, as as Fred says, I guess we'll just talk about Fred Menick today. You know? <laughs> he says the finish is what wins bourbon contests for him. So still finishing. That's a really good bourbon. And on the affordability scale, it's a little bit pricier than Elijah Craig. Road. Yeah, yeah. It's probably about 10 bucks more on average, I'd say. Yeah, but it would be worth having it on the shelf next to something like that. I think that. so. And yeah. it is a really cool bottle. It's got an old, old-fashioned copper still on there. Sure. Got an old-school looking, almost like a... It's kind of Americana looking, though. Yeah, like,
1: you know, like it's got the stars. This would have been in George <laughs> Washington's, uh, you know, cabinet. There's
0: a little bit of a piratey feel to it, too. I don't yeah. know why.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's, um, man, the finish is phenomenal on that. That's let's see how good your taste is, Jason. What, what did what what did you pull out of this one? Uh, vanilla, and I would put nutmeg in there again. A little bit of burnt, oaky feel um, yeah. on the initial taste. I don't have a great sense of smell, so I didn't smell other... (laughs) That's usually good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But a phenomenal long finish. I mean, it was... It was 60 seconds minimum. It was probably more than that. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of coated your mouth, which is great. I mean, yeah. that, that's what you want in a good bourbon.
0: Usually something you get with the higher proof stuff. So, I, you know, your uh, your palate is becoming more refined, Jason. Ooh, pra- um, I've been
2: practicing. <laughs> I like to taste something
0: and then look and see what you're supposed to be tasting. Yeah, well, I just, I just
2: exposed <laughs> myself. <laughs>
0: so what we're supposed to taste is rich caramel, vanilla, smokiness and oakiness, smoky and oaky. Got both of those in there for sure. One thing I I just went back for a second sip and I, I still am not totally picking up on this stone fruit. No, not even. No,
1: no. I it mean, it's sweeter, so it does does make sense. When I hear stone fruit, I think of sucking on a peach pit, right? Something like that. And, and that's I'm I mean that's pretty totally sweet.
0: Getting up, but
1: that's really good yeah that's I, really
0: good I, I think uh that belongs in the regular rotation it, my friend it does but we think every bourbon almost <laughs> does there's, there's not a whole lot that i've met that i didn't we like. definitely have a few we're like there's what was that
2: <laughs>
0: yeah All right, so the question is and, and the, in this series we're sticking with old fashions so how do these small batches hold up in an old-fashioned jason well guess what we have
1: ready to go old, fashions. old fashions Ooh, that's good There's no bite to that at all. That's good. So uh, we mixed it up a little bit different this time, though. We did a little
0: bit. If you're listening at home, we we did it one way last week. These are basically the same ingredients, but we went with two ounces of bourbon, in this case, mictors. Instead of simple syrup, we found sugar cubes. So we put our bitters in there to kind of wet the uh, sugar cube, a little tiny bit of water, and we muddled that into the glass. So two ounces of bourbon, a sugar cube, a little bit of water, two dashes of bitters, garnished with an orange peel and a luxardo cherry
1: and we do have some different bitters here today too don't we yeah so we use these uh watkins bitters which is a common like vanilla comp- manufacturer yeah vanilla extract yeah in, in the baking aisle right? in the baking aisle and so we were curious by this bottle it's black and our good know, friend ab at the local uh beverage center said hey you guys got to try this yeah you got to try it and i mean it definitely has that rich, warm kind of taste to it. You know, it's it's cool. The back of the bottle has like an old-fashioned recipe on it, which is basically what we just oh, did. Oh, I didn't even see that. Did we do it right? Uh, well, <laughs> we should try again. Just to, <laughs> I'm just kidding. These bitters, um, you know, that's a whole other world that we've not really gone down. There's tons of different there, kinds of yeah. bitters. But we
0: could do just old-fashions all the time and just play with bitters, quite honestly.
1: There, there's a lot of... There's a There's a pretty significant taste to this that's different i would say i would call this more like pumpkin pie spice taste yeah, it definitely tastes more like
0: like baking ingredients right. than your typical angostura bitters yep a little which, bit of
1: cherry in there i don't know it just it's just good but that could be the cherry you I know, know i i looked into the process of
0: making bitters and uh it's kind of a, a whole new world out there but making your own bitters is mm. something that a lot of folks do now it's uh it's in vogue I don't know. I feel We're like not There's, that a, cool. lot good, there's <laughs> a lot of good bitters out there. That'd be like saying, ah, I don't have enough good bourbon to drink, so I'm going to make my own. Hey, but I like this. This is pretty good stuff. Again, like, are we starting a whole
1: nother rotation of things? <laughs> we I, did a sugar cube.
0: We have the basics of a great drink here. Right. So if you're listening at home and you don't have all these exact ingredients, you can plug and play a little That's bit right. with an old-fashioned recipe, and you're going to be just fine. The key is good bourbon and... It, it plays well with others. It makes a huge difference, no <laughs> doubt.
1: Yeah, they like to play together, that's for sure.
0: So cool, that's good. I like that a lot. And yeah, Watkins Bitters, check that out. They're not expensive. I think pretty easy to find, actually. Yeah, I think so. it was like five bucks for that bottle, so
1: like not bad. We'll take it.
0: Okay, what do you think? Should we move on to the finance topic, Jason? Yeah, I'm going to end up drinking this too fast <laughs> if we don't, so... <laughs> We're in the the Small Business Small Batch. Episode 2 of this series, we're going to talk about running a business today, Jason. So you've got some experience running a business. Something that I felt like uh, when we were preparing for these episodes, this could have gone in the last episode also. Sure. But it's kind of a rabbit hole that we could have gone down and, you know... Turn this into an hour and a half podcast pretty quick, which we won't. We don't want to do. Yeah, so, all you need to know to run a business in an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're listening and taking notes at home, remember this is the Cliff Notes version. Right. Um, this is some pointers and things to help you out. It, it's not running a business for dummies, and a lot of this is just tapping into knowledge and experience. And, you know, hopefully it glean something from it. Let's talk about that today. The first thing, Jason, that I, I want to kind of jump into, again, that kind of bridges the gap between last week's episode and this week's episode is organization or the structure of your business. Sure. So let's talk. Kind of talk- the boring stuff. Yeah.
1: After, after you got your idea all kind of <laughs> squared away, it's like, let's do this now. So you've decided to start a
0: business. Now, you get to decide how to structure your business. And when I say structure, I'm thinking things like sole proprietor or partnership or LLC, which can cover both of those too. But talk a little bit, Jason, about the determining factors for how you should structure your business.
1: Yeah. So, like, my first thought on this point is I think a lot of folks, you know, again, you have a great idea, you've tested your market. You know, we talked all about that last time. Um, you're like, let's do this. And they go out and they, they want to like skip over this part. Mm -hmm. You need to seek good counsel on this. Someone that's either done it or does it for a living. But you know, there's a lot of determining factors like a sole prop. If this is almost like a hobby that may become a business and it's just you go for it, man. Mm -hmm. Like that's going to be probably the easiest way. The legal work that you have to do is super minimum, probably won't cost you anything. But again, it it just comes down to, is there a liability involved or not? Yeah. You know, if you're like doing a sole prop, but it's like chimney cleaning mm-hmm. and, you know, you put the brush down the chimney and it just like makes the whole fireplace fall in, like yeah. that would be a liability. And there's
0: liability in about anything that you're going to do for a business, even when you're dealing in the intellectual, I say intellectual space, but we don't sell a thing here. right? We don't have a product. We don't perform physical work on a property or anything like that, but there's liability in our business too. So sure. if you're in finance or you're in the intellectual property business. Yeah. So
1: it may not be like physical property damage that you need to think about, but if you're dealing with With somebody's testament of their life's work, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we do, you know, there's gonna be liability. So you gotta think about that. And that's where, you know, the LLC kind of comes in. A limited liability corporation is a nice shelter for a small business owner to help, I guess, bridge or protect you from potential liabilities. Not that you're trying to like run away from them. Sure. But you don't want to have a, you know, a grievance against your business that comes back and hurts you personally necessarily unless there is like personal damages, but so um, this may
0: sound obvious to some people who are listening but maybe not to others. So reasons for let's say looking into a limited liability company or something would be if we'll use your chimney sweeping example, right? Chimney caves in and, you know, now now you've got thousands of dollars worth of damage right Uh, how does your client come in in, and and get you for that how do they how are they made whole if there's no llc involved
1: yeah so you know they would just come after you probably almost certainly with what personally Mm -hmm. you know they're gonna sue your business which is you right and that's the real there's no
0: buffer or level of protection
1: right and so LLCs are are great ways to structure membership. All that means is who's involved, mm-hmm. do they have ownership or not? And you know, I, I think generally speaking, I would almost always recommend an yeah. LLC, even for someone that's doing a sole prop that might be going just a bit further than a than a hobby. And even if it is a hobby. I'll use an example here. Very, very recently, I met with a client of ours who
0: she's been a nurse for twenty some years. As you know, the healthcare field is a grind, a bit of a yeah. grind right now. <laughs> you know, there's a lot going on, like many businesses or industries, those, those folks are stretched thin and they're doing hard work, but the medical field, especially with the pandemic stuff. So her thought was kind of, and she's probably five years out from retirement. Sure. Her thought was, you know, maybe I get out of the grind and uh, she, she does take care of somebody and does some in-home healthcare mm-hmm. kind of on the side. And she thought, well, you know, people have asked me about this before. What if, what if I just want to do this on my own and, and have five or six people that I take care of on the side? I like where she's going with that. Yeah. I do. But some things right. to consider. And I, I don't like to be the wet blanket in these conversations <laughs> and say, okay. Unfortunately,
1: that's a big part of our job. <laughs> it is.
0: It is. You know, and, and it's for her, uh, it was a good uh, analogy when I can say, okay, now here's where I've got to be the, the doctor, if you will, right? right. I right. need to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. So run with this idea. I think it's great. I think it could work. You need to think about personal liability and insurance and different things like that. And a lot of that plays into the structure. At the end of the day, is she going to do it? I don't know that she wants to get involved in all that this close to retirement, but these are things that you need to consider that are often an afterthought or on the back burner and they need to be on the front. Sure,
1: yeah. Yeah, and I I mean, I think that, a lot of times again people get blinded by the excitement of right. wanting to start and then they forget this stuff. So,
0: yeah, I so that's a little bit of housekeeping. It kind of bridges the gap between the, the two episodes. Real quick, to find out more about this, what would you recommend? Who who should someone talk to if they're thinking about ways to structure their business or start an LLC or something of that yeah, nature?
1: Yeah, so I mean, a good attorney is where I would go. Someone that you, you know, have a relationship with. You're not going to go and and you may not have a relationship with, but they typically will specialize in some kind of business mm-hmm. uh, entity structure, um, or management of businesses. They all kind of have specialties just like we kind of do to you. Yeah. So uh, sit down and just have a conversation. It, it'll be, you know, $500 or less really good money spent. Mm-hmm. Everyone assumes everything's going to go right. And attorneys, <laughs> it well, almost like, never, does. it almost never goes right. <laughs> yeah. So You know, it's just important to have all that structure in place properly. Again, that work is super important. So, attorneys, also, I know there are some
0: accountants uh, or CPAs that Mm -hmm. that work in this area too. So, there's a lot of resources out there. Definitely get some professional counsel. Okay, Jason, let's move on to this. Is I, I think this will be fun to talk this about. This is better. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, we uh, just like we threw a wet blank
1: a wet blanket <laughs> on our conversation. Let, yeah.
0: <laughs> let's get that out of the way. The old fashions are starting to kick in. They let's are. have Woo. a little bit of fun. We're gonna talk about running the business specifically, managing the business. And I put on here creating a culture, right? Yep. So let's talk about that a little bit. You're starting out. You're bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to rock yep. and roll. You got the LLC, the whatever, the organization stuff figured out. How do you go about attracting folks to your business if you're going to employ folks? How do you go about creating a, a great climate,
1: mm-hmm. uh, a great culture at your business, Jason? Right. I, so first thing there is, you know, it's intentional, okay? Um, you know, you might be real charming and like be, you know... An extra special person—it's not enough. So, yeah. like, charming is good, but you—you you gotta be intentional about what you want. Um, and I think the best question any small business owner can ask is like, "What would I want?" Yeah, you know, if I were an employee here, or a client, or a customer, what would I want it to be like? Do I want it to be super professional and stiff? And obviously, I don't like this option. But uh, <laughs> or do you want to be able to talk about poop? Yeah, mm. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and all the stupid things we do here. You might, sometime. you might guess our culture. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if you like telling fart jokes? I yeah, know like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the reality is, is like in our in our work, what we do is super serious. Yeah, and. We have to make it light. We uh, have to add some levity. Yeah, for sure. and I think we've all come from you, you know, you you personally when you start a business, you have some history of you know, you're probably a practitioner somewhere else or mm-hmm. you have an idea of what they look like. So something wh- caused you to start a business. You probably worked in your field before starting right. that business.
0: And chances are The reason you're a business owner is you thought, you know, if I was running the show, I would do things differently. You would do dot, dot, (laughs) dot, yeah. yeah.
1: And then you get hit by the proverbial bus.
0: I think something you said at the beginning was really uh, insightful uh, when you you said, you know, you might be really charming, uh, right? You you might be very persuasive up front. And, you know, I'm thinking a lot of people who start their own businesses were salespeople, right? Right, sure. Can turn it on in front of a client, right? And they can wow and they can impress. But if you're running a business and you're hiring people, I'm going to put it bluntly, it's they see you naked. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, they see you in, in good times and in bad times. Um, they man, Caleb, I mean, you could have just told me like, I'm uh, not saying that outside of this podcast, he doesn't walk around the office naked, but what I'm getting at, that's a good thing is these people see you in good times and in bad times, you. you know, business comes with great days, uh, and, and some really bad days too. And your employees see that. So, um, it's, I think about more than just being able to be on all the time. It's about creating a culture that can, get through the ups and downs, right? Yeah,
1: I would argue that it's almost impossible to be on all the time. Like it just is so difficult. Um so you are going to be exposed. And so you better be certain that you're that you can manage your personality mm-hmm. and the people you're going to be working with know that that you're not always on, okay? And so, you know, our culture I've always focused on is trying to be as close to a, a family culture as possible, open and Uh, honest communication. And and I think that goes a long way. Sometimes that means we close the door and yell it out. Yeah. (laughs) It's been done. Yeah. So, um, but at the end of the day, we, we feel like we can, you know, figure out a resolution and, and move forward. And that's been, I mean, that's like one of the best lessons I guess I learned early Uh on. Cause if you focus on all the things you want to be pissed about all the time, Yikes. I mean, you will be mad all the time. Because again, we're, we're dealing with humans. They don't always do what you want. And quite frankly, they probably have a better perspective than you do as the business owner in, in a lot of cases. So... That culture and that open communication is just—it's priceless.
0: So this sounds like a goal to me, right? This is what you want your culture to look like. This is what you want to be able to happen. This is how you want your your business to be able to exist in good times and in bad. This sounds a lot like
1: marriage vows. Um, well, but it, it kind of <laughs> is. I mean, you're all, even if it's just you, you're making a promise to yourself of like what you want it to look like. But this sounds like the
0: end game. This is what we're after. So Jason, talk a little bit about how we get to that point where your business can handle the ups and downs and the turmoil that will happen as a business owner.
1: So I think like right out of the gate, what I would point to is like making sure you have a a plan. I said system because that's Mm -hmm. what I think in my head. Mm -hmm. It's more than a process. It's a system. How do I nurture the people that are involved? Mm -hmm. Okay. That means once a week, I'm going to sit down and have an hour long conversation with them about whatever they want and they lead it. Great. Let's do that. I'm going to make sure they know what their job is. That's like, important. Like what's the, and it sounds obvious, Jason, it, but it sounds not. obvious, right? Like, someone's got to clean the toilet. Okay. <laughs> like I remember getting super ticked off about the coffee area being messy. Yeah. And I realized like, I never told anybody it was their responsibility and taking out the trash. Yeah. Doing the dishes. That's right. Like really, like, <laughs> like actually. <laughs> actually doing the dishes. Yeah. So like <laughs> these are things that someone has to do in the business and that's just the reality and the more you're passive aggressive about it, it's just going to eat you up. Yeah. So nurturing those relationships, making sure people know what their jobs are and not necessarily you don't have to be apologetic about it. Somebody has to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when things fall outside of their job responsibility, you better communicate what you want done. Yeah. Okay. That's hard. I'm really bad at it. I- <laughs> this
0: is counseling now <laughs> i was going to say this sounds very therapeutic doesn't it but um i, I think that uh you know the, the thing that i'll add to that too you mentioned like having an hour where you talk about whatever you want to talk about what's on your mind I, and i feel like that's a that's a moment for an employee to be vulnerable with you but as a as a business owner too you've got to be vulnerable with your employees that's right uh, you, you know one thing we talked about earlier was you got to be able to not just work with these folks on a on a on a forty hour a week basis, right? It's probably better if you enjoy being with these yeah. folks for forty hours. <laughs> we a week. actually wrote so, it on our notes. It's yeah. like
1: like to spend time together, yeah, and I would say that's that's pretty important. You know, I think everyone knows someone that goes to work and like almost checks the box and then comes home and which is not good for anybody involved, especially if you're running a small
0: business one bad attitude uh, goes a lot further yeah, right we yeah. we don't
1: have 500 employees here for for sure and and you know you got to remember your constituents here like mm-hmm. who are you here to serve and you know we're here to serve people in their like big financial decisions we better keep that in focus all the time and not you know you know want to go throw a hissy fit because someone didn't clean up the coffee area right it's silly
0: but it's you might but be mad happens. at somebody for a week and they have no idea why you're mad and that's R- not good for anybody. No,
1: and I mean this is in marriages <laughs> and in right, business, right. and you know, like we said, in many ways that culture that you cultivate is like a family. So I think it's important to spend time on it, develop it, and be super intentional. You better have a plan because running a business is hard. I think something I'll add to this, Jason,
0: is that when you're intentional about building a culture here for employees, remember, this is small business, small batch. We're talking about a small business. You know, when you start, you're not going to have 50 employees or 100 employees. You're probably starting with one or two, maybe, if you're starting with any. And that culture that you build, it translates into your client experience, too. Um, you know, I say it all the time. Clients come in here and they feel like they're part of the family. Right. So the culture that you breed with your employees branches out into other areas of the business. One last thing I think w- that would be good to talk about is, and you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, is when you, when you come to work 40 hours a week for a small business owner, those folks are investing time here in your business. How do you invest back in your employees? Why is that important in your opinion? I'm talking about you know finding, nurturing, and retaining talent.
1: Yeah. So I think that's a super important point here. I think it, again, like many things in a small business, and you're going to hear me say this probably again next time, is it has to be a system. It has to be a process that you follow. And early on, it everything feels like chaos. So how are you going to make this person serve the business better? And so in our practice is, how can I make Caleb a better advisor? Is it education? Is it take a dog on vacation, you know, what does that mean? So benefits, you know, having flexibility. And I think that development piece Mm -hmm. is where I'm going to point to most. I feel like uh, here we've dedicated a lot of energy to development, whether it's becoming a CFP or an EA or whatever it is, we want everyone here to feel like they have an avenue to grow into what they want their life to be like And hopefully it serves us. I mean, you got to be smart about the, you know, I'm not going to, like, Caleb wants to learn underwater (laughs) basket, like, I'm not going to send him to do that as much. He can take a vacation, do whatever he wants. But if he wants to be, you know, a corporate auditor for whatever reason, yeah, I mean, it might be something that has a connection. Uh, So, you know, you just want to support that. And that comes in those conversations. I think you would agree with that, that it makes an employee feel like they have um, not just a say, but they're in charge of their, their career path.
0: Yeah, I, I think going back to the investment, when you're investing in your people, they understand that um, they should feel like their development is... Um, you know, one of your goals in all of this. And, and I think when people feel like you're investing in them as well, they're going to turn around and invest more into the company. So it's good and for I, everybody.
1: And I said, like, examples that are kind of pricey. Like, sure. you don't necessarily, I mean, send them to like Fred Pryor Excel's class for like one day. Yeah, and like an, one day I'd like to learn the computer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that new phone. Yeah. <laughs> he just upgraded from the flip phone. It's time to learn the Instagram and the Facebook. And
0: no, I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> (laughs) Um, that's huge though. I think, uh, that, that investment, uh, it's harder for someone to leave when you feel like you're, um, someone is investing and spending time on your development and it's a place where you can grow. Um, so yeah, I, you know, it's, uh, it goes back to something I said to clients early on, um, not really clients, but actually coworkers back back in my, my days at the bank. You remember the bank days. Oh yes. And uh, people would ask, Well, how do you handle client situation X? How do you how do you get to build relationships? And I, I can be a bit of a sarcastic guy, Jason. You've heard me say this, I know. Uh, you know, I said, I, th- I think people feel comfortable with me because they feel like I care about them. And, you know, my coworkers would ask, Well, how do you get them to feel that way? And I said, Novel idea. I care actually about care about them. <laughs> People can tell when you care. Sure. So I think the same thing works with employees. So,
1: and it's exciting when you start to feel like a client will repeat that back to you, even when you didn't tell them Yeah, where they say like, I know that you are serving us the best way that you can. And that is like, you talk, let's like, I feel like I'm like at cracker barrel and I have five badges <laughs> on like stars <laughs> on my, on my chest because I'm like the number one employee. Uh, when people say that to me, so it's, it's, it, it's, I don't know how necessarily how we did it. Like there's not a formula, mm-hmm. but it's intentional. Right. Okay. And you just, you got to follow your instinct, seek good counsel on, I mean, like a, a mentor to help you do this. If you had know someone that has a really awesome business and a great culture, you know talk to them what yeah. did they do what mistakes did they make they probably made buckets of them yeah you probably we can have an episode on that if you want i was going to say you
2: probably
0: <laughs> frequent a, a local business that you like because the energy is there or the the you can feel the culture when you walk in talk to those folks right see how you can duplicate that Jason, this was a little bit more of a, uh, a feely episode. Yeah, that's um, okay. I'm starting to feel this old fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple of reactions, I think, uh, well, one reaction, the sugar cube in the old fashioned better in yeah, my I'm, opinion.
1: I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely for it. I don't like the simple syrup nearly as much.
0: <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thanks for having a drink with us this week. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the old fashioned finance podcast, be sure to email us at speakeasy at old fashioned We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with all of the latest action by following us on Facebook and Instagram. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's BlueJayFG.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers.
1: <coughs> yeah.
2: Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC, Blue Jay, is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by Blue Jay in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant to an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written content on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless otherwise specifically cited.